SFL Corporation has an impressive track record in the maritime industry, paying dividends every quarter since its listing on the New York Stock Exchange in 2004. The company's fleet of more than 80 vessels is split between tankers, bulkers, container vessels and offshore assets. The impact of COVID-19 on global trade has created challenges and uh, hopefully opportunities uh, as well. And in this update, we'll discuss the outlook for SFL and its markets. Welcome to Utbytte, the DMB podcast where we explain the financial markets and the global economy. My name is Marius Brunhaugen from DMB Markets, and today I'm joined by Axel Olesen, the CFO of SFL Corporation. Welcome, Axel. How are you? Thanks, Marius. I'm doing very well, and thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. Great. Looking forward to uh, this update uh, for sure. We're also joined by uh, the DMB Markets analyst, uh, shipping analyst, Mats uh, B. Uh, everything in uh, ship shape, uh, Mats? Yes, certainly, Marius. Everything is in ship, uh, ship shape, as you, as you call it. That's good. Uh, we'll do this the way that uh, you and I will take turn, uh, turns asking questions to uh, Axel today. And um, I'll kick off. And uh, we choose to enter this podcast by, by picking straight to the hornet's nest. Because uh, the global pandemic has uh, created a very challenging situation for many shipping and offshore markets. Uh, Dry bulk, for example, has been below cash break even for most of 2020. Uh, container vessels have seen increased idling and recently falling rates, while the outlook for uh, offshore has uh, certainly not gotten more promising. So um, how are you working with your customers in this uh, situation, uh, Axel? Well, you know, these are indeed unprecedented times. Um, I'm very pleased and impressed to see how the SFL team has addressed the situation over the last uh, few months. For us at SFL, the safety of our seafarers on board our vessels is is top priority. And and to minimize any spread of uh, the COVID-19 disease, we already in January implemented stronger measures to prevent any contagion among our crew members. We're hence very grateful that there has been no contagion board or vessels to this date. Moreover, we continuously monitor the situation together with our counterparties and, and fleet managers. And there's been no material business interruptions in the first quarter and so far in, in the second quarter. On the revenue side, all the clients are current on their payments and, and no shipping counterparties have requested charter amendments. And since 90% of SFL's revenue is coming from long-term charter contracts, the company is relatively insulated from the recent volatility in the shipping and offshore markets. That said, we will of course continue to closely monitor developments in our customers and markets in order to be able to react quickly to any potential business disruption. And at the same time, we look for new business opportunities as we believe the recent volatility also represents an interesting entry point in many segments. And um, Axel, you said uh, no customers has asked for amendment as of yet, but it's uh, Seadrill has initiated discussion with its creditors, and you have three drilling rigs on lease to Seadrill, and you have about 600 million associated bank debt to these uh, three rigs. Uh, can you explain a bit how you see a Seadrill restructuring could affect the SFL Corporation? 
Uh, absolutely, and uh, as I said, no shipping uh, counterparties have requested to tremendous, but. Uh, but there has been some questions relating to the rigs we have on charters to sea drill. Uh, and up until 2017, the offshore segment was our largest segment for a long period. But it's now down to 25% of our charter backlog. But at SFL, we firmly believe that our offshore drilling exposure is manageable, as we have two good rigs working, contributing strong cash flow to sea drill. Two of the rigs are harsh environment units working in the North Sea, with West Line subchartered to Conical Phillips until the end of 2028, while the West Hercules is subchartered to Equinor until next year. The third rig, West Taurus, is idle and laid up in Norway. Cedril is paying the agreed charter higher on all these rigs, and we continue reducing the debt on the rigs as per schedule. And given the high attention to the offshore segment currently, we would like to highlight the significant deleveraging that has taken place the past three years, where we have reduced debt with more than 30% on these rigs. And of the overall 600 million of bank debt, SFL is guaranteeing less than 50%. As for the free cash flow contribution from the rigs after debt service, the total contribution from our rigs on charter to sea drill is 7 cents per share. But importantly, the contribution is individual per rig, and the idle rig with Taurus is only represents approximately two cents per quarter, which is very manageable for SFL. So in terms of a potential restructuring, we believe it will be in the interest of all stakeholders to have a financially stronger counterpart. And we're in a constructive dialogue with Syria to find a sustainable path going forward, particularly for the rigs that are idle, which includes the West Taurus. But for now, Seattle keeps paying the higher on schedule, and at the end of the first quarter, they had more than a billion dollars in cash. And then uh, on, on the dividend side, you decided in the last quarter to cut the dividend from uh, 35 cents per share each quarter on common equity to 25 uh, cents per share. Uh, can you share some, uh, can you give some background behind this decision? And uh, is it at any uh, point related to expectations of reduced higher, for instance, on the Seedville and West Taurus? Uh, you know, so, so far our business has not been materially impacted by by the general market disruption caused by the the nineteen uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. However, the board believed it was prudent to to review the dividend payout level for SFL with a focus on maintaining a, a strong balance sheet and investment capacity over the next few quarters in a setting with more expected market volatility. And while reported income for the first quarter was negative due to some non-cash accounting impairments on assets and swaps, the underlying business was robust, and these impairments did not have any impact on distributable cash flow from our assets. However, if we try to break down the dividend adjustment, there are a few considerations going into this. We've already addressed seed drill and the current contribution from the Vestarius being approximately two cents per quarter. And looking at the dry bulk segment, where we have nine hand-sized vessels trading in a short-term market, I would say that expectations for the for dry bulk has changed. Hence, the change, and so that they adjusted the projections for these vessels with approximately two cents per quarter. And the same goes for two feeder container vessels and two car carriers trading in the short-term market with another two cents per quarter. And finally, we want to make sure that SFL is a really robust entity with ample investment capacity. And right now, I believe having capacity to invest is a real strength, especially in an environment where you can find interesting investment opportunities that are long-term accretive to the company. 
Axel, I think you have been paying dividends for 65 consecutive uh, quarters. Uh, are you confident that you will be able to continue paying dividends uh, each quarter going forward? Yeah, you know, as a general policy, we do not guide on, on the dividend as that's up to, that's determined uh, by the board on a quarterly basis. However, if you look into some of the factors that go into the process of determining the dividend, I believe we're in a good position to continue the quarterly dividend payments to investors also going forward. With a long history of more than 15 years, this is not the first time the company has experienced volatile markets. And we've been able to navigate these markets very well in the past due to the way we approach risk management. We have a conservative approach in underwriting new business by only acquiring assets backed by long-term charter contracts. This is reflected in the strong cash flow visibility from our fixed charge rate backlog, which currently stands at approximately 3.6 billion, which contributes approximately 90% of our revenue on a quarterly basis. We have a strong cash balance. We had more than 200 million of freely available cash at the end of Q1. And with a very supportive bank group with close to 30 international banks, we are able to secure attractive financing, even in this volatile market. The global interest rates have uh, seen another push uh, towards uh, zero with the central banks initiating quantitative uh, easing efforts. Um, SFL Common Equity is yielding close to 10%. Uh, how is lower interest rates uh, supporting the valuation of uh, SFL? Yeah, you know, Morris, you know, I mean, although global interest rates have come down, uh, at the same time, risk premiums in high yield and energy markets have increased. And of course, our stock uh, being in that segment has come down accordingly. Uh, and we really believe it is up to the market to decide our share price and, and of course, implied dividend yield. I mean, our focus is to, to work very hard to increase the backlog and cash flow. Uh, and I believe with, with the decreased cost of capital we're seeing, we are able to create uh, what I call long-term shareholder value by, by, by doing creative transactions. And in recent years, we've seen a flight to quality trend among maritime lending banks, meaning companies regarded as strong credits has really seen declining loan margins. Uh, for SFL, uh, this has meant that they've gotten access to more pockets of capital at a declining cost of capital. As a recent example, you know, in, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic in April, we raised 175 million of, of, of debt on four container vessels at an all-time low interest margin, below 1.9%, including LIBOR, uh, for five years. So very attractive terms. Mm, and uh, touching a bit more on the valuation side, uh, you, you announced an uh, ATM program on 14th of uh, May, uh, a program that uh, allows you to raise uh, up to 100 million in, in equity. Uh, if you look at our latest update on SFL Corp, uh, we estimated a sum of the park valuation of uh, $8.4 per share. Uh, and uh, if you uh, take the yesterday closing price, uh, you can say that uh, common equity is now trading at a price to sum of the park of uh, 1.25. It's probably hard to guide, but would you consider tapping the equity market at these levels? Or do you use this as a tool when it's even more accretive to the to the existing shareholders? You know, uh, I mean, if you look at our cash balance at the end of, of the first quarter, that was more than 200 million. 
So, so as you say, I mean, the ATM program is, is mainly a tool in the financial toolbox. Um, and the timing of the, the filing of the ATM program was really a housekeeping item in connection with the renewal of the, the shelf registration. That, that said, you know, issuing equity may be appropriate from, from time to time from a, from a risk management point of view. But, but our focus... Uh, it's also always to maintain a, a capital structure that we think creates the most value for, for equity and, and bondholders. As Mats uh, alluded to, uh, do you see any interesting growth opportunities coming out of uh, the, the pandemic? Um, yeah, you know, the, the increased risk premium seen in financial markets have definitely been, been reflected in, in asset markets where we operate. Uh, I mean, the recent VLCC transactions we did with, with the Lambridge Group is, is a good example of, of what can be done in today's environment. But we are very comfortable with, with the entry value of 65 million for a new VLCC. Um, and with the non-call uh, tree structure, our equity part is more or less fully paid back during the initial three years uh, period of, of that charter. So, uh, so for us, I mean, we continue to, to be on the outlook for kind of the, the bread and butter shipping transactions in, in line and dry bulk and, and tanker segments. But, but we, we also keep an eye open on interesting opportunities in other related and maritime sectors. We're not saying that we'll, we'll reinvent the, the SFL deal, we'll, uh, but we think it's worthwhile to, to take a look at some of the asset classes that previously attracted too cheap capital versus felt to add value in the past. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Axel, for uh, giving us uh, this uh, update. It will uh, be interesting to uh, follow you going forward uh, for sure. Thank you also to uh, you, Mats, for uh, joining us. And uh, finally, thanks to everyone for uh, listening. Denne podcasten og dets innhold skal anses som markedsføringsmateriell fra DNB og må ikke oppfattes som investeringsanbefaling eller som investeringsanalyse. Innholdet skal heller ikke anses for å være investeringsrådgivning tilpasset den enkelte kundes behov. Informasjonen som gis i podcasten er kun ment som generell spareveiledning og er ikke ment å utgjøre juridisk, finansiell, kommersiell, skattemessig eller regnskapsmessig rådgivning. Innholdet i sendingen er ikke gjennomgått eller godkjent av DNB Markets avdeling for analyse. Alle uttalelser reflekterer DNBs vurderinger på tidspunktet for den aktuelle sendingen, og kan i etterkant endres uten nærmere beskjed. DNB er ikke ansvarlig for hvordan informasjonen i podcasten benyttes eller tolkes. Informasjonen som henviser til historisk avkastning i finansielle instrumenter, en finansiell indeks eller prognoser, gir ingen garanti for fremtidig avkastning. DNB gjør oppmerksom på at enhver investering i et finansielt instrument er forbundet med risiko for økonomisk tap. Finansielle instrumenter kan både øke og minske verdi, slik at avkastning kan bli negativ som følge av kursfall. DNB tar intet ansvar for direkte eller indirekte tap og kostnader som måtte oppstå ved bruk av den information som gis i podcasten.